Welcome in to the New Orleans Saints podcast, hosted by Aaron Summers and John DeShazer. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers who cover the team on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your hosts, Aaron Summers and John DeShazer. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers, joined by John DeShazer. We are talking to you this Monday after the Bucks game Sunday, where the Saints got the 26-9 loss. They're now 2-2 two and two on the season. So I want to kind of break this down two different ways. J.D., specifically talking about what happened in this game and then overall how things have been in the first month of play. So speaking of the Bucks. What did you think about the way that the Saints started the game? I thought the start was okay. I mean, they come out and they get to the red zone, they kick a field goal. So that's not a good omen for this team because this team has been struggling in the red zone. They were 0 for 2 in the red zone on Sunday. So, you know, the start was okay. And really, they kind of hung in there the first half for the entirety of it. And then they just have a couple of bad, you know, a, a, a bad play really at the end of the first half. They get an Isaac Yottam interception right at the one yard line where could have been ruled in the end zone could have brought it out to the 20 but instead they, they called his momentum called him in you know drug him into the end zone at the one so the officials put the ball back at the one because Derek Carr has an injured shoulder the Saints can't run a quarterback sneak to get it out far enough to take a couple of knees and just get out of the half because that's all they wanted to do with that situation 41 seconds left just get out of the half they give it to fullback Adam Prentice he fumbles Tampa Bay recovers Two plays later, they're in the end zone. It's a 14-3 to lead, and then that pretty much kind of deflated the crowd. And, you know, it was one of those games where once they got to 14, you wondered if the Saints had enough offense to come back in the game and, and, and win it because the offense had struggled so much uh, for the fourth quarter against Green Bay and then the entire first half against Tampa Bay. And so you, now you start wondering whether the Saints can scratch together enough points to win the game, and, and they weren't able to. After the half, I mean, you mentioned the momentum shift there at the end of the second quarter. It was tough because the defense got that stop. And then you thought, OK, it was only going to be 7-3 at the half. And then it becomes 14-3 at the half. But then the defense comes out and they force Tampa to go three and out. Brian Brzee has his first full sack of his career. So it looked like the defense responded. Again, it was really hard for the offense to get into any type of a rhythm. What do you think the issue was there? Well, I mean, they protected a little bit better. And, and you know, and I thought Derek Carr, I thought I thought he held on to the ball a little bit long. Um, but the, the offensive line protected a little bit better. And, and look, Tampa Bay identified Alvin Kamara's on the field. Uh, it was Alvin's first game back after his three-game suspension. And when Alvin Kamara's on the field, he's going to draw attention and this is the kind of attention he drew, 13 catches for 33 yards. So Tampa Bay said, basically, we're not going to allow 41 to beat us. So you're going to have to do it in other ways. And the Saints seem to have enough weapons to be able to do that. But And the protection seemed to help hold up pretty well. But you know, receivers simply couldn't get uncovered. Their cars ended up holding on to the ball. And so he takes a couple of sacks and he probably takes a couple of hits that he shouldn't. And, you know, it seemed like, you know, there were some situations where the Saints were, you know, third and five or third and six. And, you know, you'd like to see him go more for the sticks and instead of the deep ball and you go for the deep ball, the home run ball. And, you know, that's a lower percentage play, much lower percentage play than playing for the, for the sticks. So, 
you know, it's just one of those situations where the offense looks really discombobulated. Um, I don't know if it really has an identity right now. The Saints haven't been able to run it effectively. Uh, they haven't been able to pass it effectively. Uh, until last game, they really hadn't been able to protect very well. So what do the Saints do well on offense? And that's a question that's got to be answered. And I think Dennis Allen was saying, you know, you got to evaluate, you know, who's doing what and what you're asking them to do and whether they're capable of doing it. And can you get your, your playmakers on the field all at the same time? All those things have to be considered. And they have to figure it out really quickly because going to New England against a guy like Bill Belichick, who's a defensive mastermind, isn't going to be an easy task. And so, you know, it's one of those things where the Saints have to get this together really, really quickly. And I don't necessarily know that there's an easy answer to it because it, it seems like once they get one area fixed, another springs a leak. So, you know, how do you how do you plug all the leaks at the same time? I don't know. You're going to need a lot of people and everyone's going to have to buy in and do their job. And I know we heard from head coach Dennis Allen today, some of the players, we heard from some of them after the game as well. So we're definitely going to throw in some sound from coach Allen and from Derek Carr. I don't want to put in any words in their mouth, but you mentioned the deep ball and them trying to hit that as the game went on. It just seems like they were a little off time and maybe accuracy was was a little question mark there in some of those cases how much do you think that the injury affected Carr's play in Sunday's game I would say it would have affected him but I but then again I saw him throw a 52 yarder that was on the mark to Chris Olave you know Tampa Bay it's a great defensive play to prevent the touchdown so if, if it would have showed up to me it would have showed up on that one now as the game went on maybe that shoulder does get a little bit more sore and maybe it's a little bit weaker. And so maybe that, you know, contributed to the uh, Alave uh, incompletion a little bit later. And, and, but, but it seemed like it didn't affect him a whole lot. It seemed like he had a little bit of zip on it. It just didn't seem like there was much going offensively in terms of, you know, being able to get guys uncovered down the field. And look, if you, if you're going for shot plays, it takes time and it's just not the easiest play to run. So, you know, where are the intermediate routes and, you know, where are the bailout routes and not the Alvin Kamara swing pass, but the choice routes that Alvin has made famous where he circles out of the backfield and gets one on one situations with linebackers. And he's able to, you know, decide whether he wants to take the inside leverage or the outside leverage and, and make it happen that way. And those things seem to be missing from the Saints offense yesterday. And those things that have to be put back in, because, again, this team has enough weapons, you know, Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shaheed. I know a lot of teams in the NFL that would take that foursome and run to the bank with it. And so the Saints have to be able to take that foursome and make some hay with it. Nine points or, you know, averaging 15 and a half a game, 62 points in the first four games. And, oh, by the way, seven of those points belong to Shahid on a punt return. That ain't going to cut it in the NFL. That ain't going to cut it almost anywhere. So they've got to be able to, to, to cobble together something offensively and get some consistency and figure out kind of an identity of, what it is they are. Let's go ahead and hear from Derek Carr talking about how the injury may or may not have affected him and, and what he's seeing right now with the offense. Um, I don't think anyone's 100% after week one, you know, or week one of training camp, you know. So uh, that's, that's no excuse for us playing the way that we did today. And, uh, you know, we, we got to be better and we will be better. Did you feel like the shoulder affected some throws? Um, I don't know if it's that or, you know, <laughs> me trying to get more practice reps or whatever it is. And whatever it is that I have to do, I'll do it. But I'm not going to – I just don't want the shoulder to be, you know, an excuse for the way that we executed today. 
Oh, there's a there's a couple things that we talked about as offense. Um, <clears throat> obviously, you know how I am. I keep a lot of those things uh, in, in close, but um, I, I felt like uh, I felt like second half we came. We had the right mindset, uh, you know, with with how poorly we did in the first half, and we were like, "Hey, well, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it." And uh, uh, just really inconsistency right now. It's just too inconsistent for uh, the standard that we um, that we set for ourselves. And the inconsistency isn't going to get you wins in this league, especially against a good team like that. So uh, we got to get it right. We got to get it right now. And yes, there's a lot of football ahead, and yes, there's a lot of games. But our focus is right now, and we got to fix it now. Head coach Dennis Allen today, when he was talking to the media, mentioned they have to score more points. I mean, that's bottom line. It's not going to cut it. Just scoring or getting into the red zone and having to settle for three. They've had a lot of issues. They've been able to drive down the field, but converting in the red zone. Um, yesterday's game, there was some negative plays that happened when they were were close and within striking distance, and then they weren't unable to convert. How hard is it to, to fix that area, if anything? I mean, I think you score on the first drive of the game rather than getting three, and I think that in itself would be some momentum for the team and kind of keep change the way that they're feeling. And if you can get in the end zone rather than settling for three to start. Yeah. And see, and that's the, that's the dilemma. The three is good. And yet it's deflating because you don't get the touchdown out of it. You're in that situation where you want to get seven instead of three. You know, if, if there's anybody in the whole building that possibly could be help happy, it, it probably is kicker Blake groupie because he's got nine field goals and 10 attempts. You know, he keeps getting the cash in down there, but the offense hadn't been able to do it. You know, you get down that red area, the field gets compressed. Time becomes an issue in terms of holding on to the ball or waiting for routes to develop. And so everything has, has to happen a little bit quicker. The windows are smaller and tighter. So the passes have to be, you know, more accurate and they have to, you know, be the anticipation has to be there. And so, you know, on the on one hand, you want to make plays. And on the other hand, you don't want to commit a turnover down there and not get anything out of it. So, you know, on a couple of occasions we've seen this season where, Derek Carr is thrown high toward the back of the end zone where either his guy gets it or it falls incomplete. And so you understand that you don't want to commit the turnover, but the Saints have to be able to get into the end zone, cross the goal line, because the threes are not going to be enough to win consistently in the NFL. You can't depend on kicking, you know, five field goals or six field goals a game. You've got to be able to get into the end zone and make things easier for everybody. And so, when you get field goals out of those situations, yeah, it's good to get the points. But it's also deflating because, you know, the whole purpose is you want seven. You know, those are the, the the plays and the situations where you put the other team in a little bit more of a hurry-up situation because you take the lead and now they've got to play from behind. You get a little bit more urgency. Maybe your defense can take over a little bit more, but the Saints haven't been in those positions much this season. Here's Coach Allen on just some of the frustrations that they are facing right now. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I think it's a combination of things. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think we got to um, put our guys in better positions to be successful. Um, and then I think we got to do a better job of executing it when we do. Um, you know, there's some, there's a few plays in the game where we have some opportunities and, and, and we didn't, we didn't take advantage of them. And then we get down there in the red area and a couple of times and end up taking some negative plays, which, uh, forced us in some longer situations and we weren't able to convert. So, um, you know, it, 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 uh, 
Uh, it's frustrating because I, th I think we can be better than, than we are, and yet, um, look, we're sitting here four games into the season at two and two, one game back in our division. And so we're not going to sit here and act like the sky's falling and, and the season's over. Um, do, we have, do we have to get better? Frickin' A right we do. All right. Um, and, and we need to do it quickly. Will you consider any coaching or personnel changes? No, um, we won't make any um, coaching changes. Um, you know, I don't think that's – I've never seen that to be the, uh, the right answer, uh, particularly when you're four games into the season. Um, and yet, we have to be better. Um, and I understand everybody's frustration, and, and believe me, everybody in this, in this building is frustrated with it. Um, because we, we have to find ways to put more points on the board. I said I wanted to talk about, you know, the first month of play. They're just two and two. You know, Coach Allen mentioned the sky's not falling. You know, we don't have to throw everything, throw everything out and start all over. It's frustrating because they could be better. They have the weapons. It just is not, for whatever reason, coming to fruition on the field right now. How how do you evaluate the way that the offense has been called? Do they need to be a little more risky, a little more creative, not so worried about the turnovers or those possibilities? And what do you, what do you think needs to come into play there? Well, I, I think a little bit more risky could, could be a good thing. I think a little bit more, you know, to heck with it can be a good thing because there are offensive weapons here. And so, you know, you, you, you do look at, you know, and I think that's one of the things Dennis Allen mentioned, you know, Hey, are we doing the right thing schematically? Are we doing the right thing schematically with the right people? So those are things that have to be considered. You know, now a lot of times, you know, it doesn't matter what you call, if you execute it properly, if you block properly and you get, you know, the right routes and those kinds of things, it doesn't necessarily matter what you call, you're going to execute and you're going to be able to score. But the Saints are having issues with that. And so, you know, sometimes you have to scheme the guy open. You got to do some different things. Uh, sometimes you got to make it a little bit easier for your team, and sometimes you have to take a little bit of take a little bit of risk. You know, we saw some risk yesterday on a, on a reverse, a double reverse to, to Alvin Kamara. It ends up being a lost play, and you know, play for loss. And that that's the situation where you're taking a little bit of a risk. The field's a little bit tight, and maybe he's not the guy you try it with because all eyes are on him. That's you know, that when Alvin Kamara is on the field, he's got a bullseye on him. But by the same token, you know, you've got to try some things and mix it up to keep the defense honest, to keep them on their heels and hopefully catch them off guard a few times in a game to where you can get some easy scores or something going offensively. And the Saints just haven't been able to do that. And, you know, yeah, it, it will come down to looking at the film, scheming differently, scheming better. You know, sometimes you do your bread and butter stuff. Yeah, but, you know, as they admitted today, sometimes you've got you to insert a play and you've got to have the right players in the right positions for that play. And that comes down to coaching. That That's, you know, basically Dennis Allen saying we got to put them in the right position to be able to make a play because the players aren't just out there, you know, schoolyard, you know, draw it up in the dirt. It's what you draw up, you know, during the week and what can work on Sundays against that particular defense. Yeah. Speaking of defense, our defense, the streak ended. They allowed more than 20 points for the first time. And it was 12 games that they, that the streak ended in. So they had 11 straight where they were able to hold opponents to 20 or less overall in this first month of play. How would you evaluate the defense? Well, I like the defense. And I mean, on one hand, I say the defense has carried a heavy burden for this team because you mentioned 12 straight games of, of 
allowing 20 or less points. And I think they were like, you know, six and six in those games. So, you know, it's like you got to get some help from the offense. And yet the defense puts so much pressure on itself that you start to expect, okay, maybe the defense needs to score a touchdown here. Maybe the defense needs to 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 punch one out, you know, in the other in, in the other team's red zone, you know, you know, um, when the other team is backed up, maybe they need to punch one out and get a short field for the offense to help about help it out a little bit more. And I mean, you know, sometimes what you ask of the defense almost seems unhealthy. It almost seems unreasonable. I shouldn't say unhealthy, unreasonable because the defense is out there. They do get paid to stop people and take the ball away, but it almost seems unreasonable to have the expectation that you got to hold people to 10 or 14 in order to have a chance to win. That doesn't seem reasonable in the NFL. And yet that seems to be what the Saints defense is going to have to do here until the offense kind of figures out what its identity is and how it can best score. And so from that standpoint, I think the defense has been fantastic. You know, gave up the 26th on Sunday, yeah. But the first three games were phenomenal in terms of, you know, getting off the field pretty much and and, and committing and, and forcing turnovers and getting some sacks. You know, besides the 18-point lapse in the fourth quarter of Green Bay, the first, you know, 11 quarters of the season had been sterling. And then they mm-hmm. had that big dip against Green Bay. And then I won't say it carried it over to Sunday, but, there's only so much you can ask a defense to do time and time and time again before an opposing offense is going to have some success. And yesterday was that game where the opposing offense and Baker Mayfield quarterback had some success. And so that's when you have those games where the offense is going to have to do something to help bail the defense out. And the Saints offense hadn't been good enough to bail the defense out. What is the the one thing if they can fix this one thing that have the biggest effect on the team this upcoming week? Well, I mean, I think, and I won't say it's fixed, but it, it always begins with protection on offense. If, if you can protect the quarterback, you can have some success. Uh, so mm-hmm. you got to be keep Derek Carr upright and clean, and then you can have some success. And if you're protecting the quarterback pretty well, then that will kind of lead to a good rushing game because now you can kind of keep a defense on its heels a little bit with the pass, and then maybe have to pass sometimes to set up the run. So that's where it starts. It's going to have to start with the offensive line. And, oh, by the way, they had another injury there, and just Pete went out with a concussion. Now, will Cesar Ruiz come back at guard after his week out with a concussion? That certainly would help. And then James Hurst, you know, God bless him, would have to stop jumping from left guard to right guard and right guard back to left guard and those kinds of things. But you need some cohesion there. But if you can't protect, then you can't really do anything offensively. So hopefully that's where it begins with the offense. Defensively, it starts in the same thing. It, it starts on the defensive line. They only sacked Baker Mayfield once. Now, they harassed him a little bit and moved him around, but he was able to scramble. He was able to buy time for his receivers to get open. you got to be able to get guys on the ground on defense, and, and that's what the defensive line will tell you all day and all night. Get guys on the ground. Maintain your gap integrity because if you're just out there rushing and, and, and you lose your integrity, well, that leaves a lane for any quarterback who's mobile to be able to run and gain five, six, eight yards, and all of a sudden it's second and two or third and one instead of second and long or third and long, and that changes the whole dynamics of the game. So, you know, it's going to start up front for the Saints. If they're going to do anything, it's going to have to be on the offensive line and it's going to have to be on the defensive line. I'm going to be tracking those injuries, as you mentioned, two concussions. Cesar Ruiz hopefully should be on the tail end of that since he did sit out this last game. Didn't see him all week. 
or last week. And then now Andrews Pete with a concussion suffered in Sunday's game. We'll be back at practice on Wednesday. So we'll be able to see if they're out there at least and kind of maybe get some answers from Alan on where they're at in those protocols. The other injury that came up and it was in uh, pregame warmups was tight end Jawan Johnson. So he had that calf injury. I think it was two weeks ago that popped up on the injury report, but he ended up playing in green Bay. And then I guess he tweaked it pregame and wasn't able to go in the game. How much of an effect do you think that that type of injury right before a game has on what you're able to do in the game and how much, I don't, I mean, how much Juwan's been used this season, but you do have to change your game plan a little bit. Oh, of course. I mean, because if, if you got some, some packages that involve him, you know, now what happens to those packages? If he's going to be a route runner, runner, well, he's a guy who can get open for routes. He can make catches. We already know that. So, you know, you eliminate that from the game plan. And now suddenly, you know, you also don't have Foster Moreau who didn't play in the game. So now it's Jimmy Graham and, and Jimmy Graham is doing a lot more than you anticipated him doing when you signed him after him being out of the NFL for a year. You know, Jimmy Graham wasn't a guy you expect to take, you know, 40, 50 snaps in the game. You expected him to play mainly, you know, maybe 15, 20 and mainly in the red zone. But now all of a sudden you're asking Jimmy Graham to, to, go out there and block, which is not his specialty. Uh, you're asking him to, you know, kind of stay in and, and and help pass protect. Again, things that aren't his specialty. So, you know, how much does it affect it? If I, th- I think it affects it a whole lot when Juwan Johnson isn't on the field. And, you know, it's one of those things, as you mentioned, last second, he wasn't even on the injury report last week. And then he goes out and tweaks his calf and he can't play. So now you, you're in a bit of disarray right at kickoff because, Suddenly, a guy you were depending on, you were counting on him, in there now. So, then, you know, what do you do? Who can fill the role that he was going to fill in those particular plays? And, and it comes back and it, and it hurts you offensively. All right. Um, okay, let's talk about at least one bright spot. And I think somebody that has been very consistent is rookie defensive tackle Brian Brzee. He's done a really great job. I think he's been more assertive in every game. Seems like he stands out in a good way a couple times in each game. Yeah, he he has flashed in every game, I think. He's done something to make you say, you know what, that was a good pick. Now, we, we learned today that maybe the, the advice Malcolm Roach gave him probably wasn't the best advice, but Malcolm Roach says he just told him to go out there and wreak havoc and, you know, don't worry about anything else. And Dennis Allen is saying, you know, hey, he's relying a little bit too much on his athleticism. You know, his pad level is high. You know, he's got to, you know, get back to, you know, rely on his fundamentals and those kinds of things. But, you know, that said, whatever it is he needs to clean up, he's making plays still in the process. He came up with the only sack. He came up with a couple of tackles for loss. He consistently has shown that not only can he get into the backfield, but he can get in there quick. He makes guys miss. He gets around people really quickly to where the quarterback doesn't have time to get rid of the ball. And if you can get that a defensive tackle, then you can wreak some havoc at defensive end. It's just a matter of time before Brian Brzee is on the field full-time, you know, hopefully playing you know, 50 snaps instead of maybe 20 or 25. And when he does that, he's going to draw the kind of attention that will free up your defensive ends, which is what you need if you're the Saints. you got to have somebody who's capable of either getting to the quarterback quickly on his own or creating a mismatch where they have to shift some special attention and that leaves the ends open, hopefully one-on-one, to where they can get to the quarterback. 
And Brzee looks like he's that kind of a talent. He looks really good and really comfortable quickly. Like I said, you know, he doesn't have a lot of responsibility if he's just going out there freewheeling it and he's out there in situations. But, man, he gets into the backfield real fast. And, I mean, you know, I don't, I won't say J.J. Watt fast, but he gets back there really quickly to the point where I think, you know, it, by the end of the season, it wouldn't surprise me that teams are looking at film saying, okay, we got to do something about 90 when he's on the field we're going to have to, you know, chip him or we're going to have to, you know, bring this guard over and, and with the center and double team, but we're going to have to do something about him because he's going to be able to just create enough havoc to where, you know, he's living in people's backfield and he's going to create negative plays. Yeah, this might be a little tease because we're trying to get him Wednesday for the podcast so we can really dive into everything that he's been doing, working on after last week, this week, and and just how he's settling in as a rookie, which I think will be fun. He's always been a good person to talk to, at least in my experience so far. I think that's that's kind of it. You know, we have the Patriots coming up, so a couple out-of-conference games. We're going to be out of the NFC South until Thanksgiving when we see the Falcons for the first time this year. Yeah, the Patriots, the Texans, the Jags. It kind of feels like this stretch – you know, Texans did look good this past weekend, but it's an opportunity to really get right here in the next few weeks. Yeah, it, well, you you catch a New England team that really got run out of the, run out of the gym against Dallas yesterday, so you know that team's going to be ticked off and they're going to want to improve. Now the Texans, all of a sudden, with a rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud, doesn't look like a pushover because they housed Pittsburgh on Sunday, and then you know, so you know, all of a sudden. You, you look at the schedule and you're saying, you know, oh, well, you know, before the, the season, you know, people are always trying to figure out where the wins are going to come from. And that's why I can't stand looking at the schedule, making predictions like that, because who knew CJ Stroud was going to be this right now or that, you know, yeah, New England might struggle, but you thought New England might be better than this right now. But now with a team that's struggling, they're really going to be focused because they're going to be at home and they need a win. So, you know, the Saints kind of walk into a briar patch on that one. And again, you know, going on the road against C.J. Stroud, who just beat beat the heck out of Pittsburgh. And now he's saying, you know, hey, they they want to get it to the point where Texans fans aren't holding their head down and, and ashamed of the team. Well, when you got a quarterback who can do what he can do, the Texans fans won't be sad for very long. So, you know, you wanted to catch him early in his rookie year. The Saints are getting him early in his rookie year. Unfortunately, now he doesn't look like a rookie. No, I mean, he seems like the most NFL ready of any recent rookie quarterback that's come into the league. I, I was reading something where the players were saying the best thing that ever happened to us was getting the number two pick because anybody would have taken Bryce Young with the number one pick. But since they got two, they ended up getting the better guy, as it seems right now. So, yeah, it'll be a little more interesting than we probably thought it was going to be. But at least we got the, the Patriots first up in New England. It's got to take care of that. Um, but we'll see. I appreciate it, John. And we'll catch up again Wednesday with another episode of the New Orleans Saints podcast. Yeah, looking forward to it. Hope, hopefully with Brian Brzee. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast.